It's Christmas time. Tis the season to be a better marketer. Salesforce buys Slack. Discovery Plus will launch in January. Twitter brings authentication back. Google's algorithm core update is live and Black Friday 2020 broke records. Additionally, I'll be talk with a special guest today about holiday marketing campaigns. All of this and more on Not Your Marketer. Welcome back to the Not Your Marketer podcast. This is the episode six from December the 7th, 2020. I am your host, Alberto Lempira, aka Lempi. Thank you for listening. Today, we start with the first of two shows focused on holidays. This time, we will talk about holiday campaigns with a special guest, Danny Goiko from Brand Crops, to discuss about what makes a great holiday strategy for brands. So to kick things off, let's run through some of the most relevant headlines for this week. So the first headline comes from Salesforce, who will acquire Slack for $27.7 billion. According to an article from TechCrunch, Salesforce co-founder and CEO Mark Benioff said, quote, this is a match made in heaven. Together, Salesforce and Slack will shape the future of enterprise software and transform the way everyone works in the old digital work-from-anywhere world. On the other hand, Slack CEO Sewer Butterfield said, Personally, I believe this is the most strategic combination in the history of software, and I can't wait to get going, end quote. This is this come from the same article from TechCrunch. So this is a very aggressive bet by Salesforce to be ever more present in the enterprise ec- ecosystem. So Slack was uh, at, at an acquisition stage already after reporting 16% of losses in the latest earning report. This will raise the field by, between Salesforce and Microsoft, which is one of the main competitors, uh, that has its own set of enterprise solutions and tools from CRM to enterprise social with Teams. So Slack was founded in 2013 as a social platform leaned towards the enterprise world. And during 2020, platforms like Slack and Teams have been the key for sur- the survival of some organizations that were forced to move away from, from everyday uh, day-to-day operations in the office and they have to move to remote work. So this deal foresees another consolidation of well-established giants for better or worse. So having all services centralized is convenient for organizations, but it usually hurts innovation and competition and ultimately this will affect the end user. So we have to wait and see how this uh, is managed and hopefully to see other smaller competitors keep thriving to uh, become larger and larger. So another thought on this is how huge lately the startup deals have been so far. I mean, we have been hearing about uh, acquisitions for uh, not unicorns, but I mean, startups that uh, started from scratch. Uh, that have become so useful and that have created so um, so much value 
that they end up worthing billions of dollars. So this is, I mean, just an incentive for those of you who are still thriving with your startup and with your idea to keep on going because you never know when the times will come for you to either well, be, be an acquirer or to, be, uh, or to exit to the market. So the next headline, a new kit on the block for British streaming platforms, Discovery Plus. So Discovery Incorporated unveiled its plans for launching a global streaming platform on January the 4th in 2021. This service will have a two-tier structure with ad supporter one costing $4.99 and an ad-free version of it, which will cost $6.99 per month. Verizon customers in the U.S. will get 12-month free uh, as an introductory offer. Uh, Discovery Inc. Uh, owns the Discovery Channel, HGTV, and the Food Network Channel. Also, they have planned uh, different partnerships uh, that are going to be key for uh, the launch of this new streaming platform. According to an article by CNBC, Discovery Plus will also include content from A&E, the, the History Channel, and Lifetime, as well as some original content from prominent figures like Davin Attenborough, Kevin Hart, and Bobby Flay which obviously is going to make more interesting the offer for new customers. The launch comes at a time when um, the latest players like Disney Plus have reached more than 70 million subscribers in little over one year. Exclusive content and availability is going to determine the success of this platform as other like uh, others like Peacock and HBO Max have had troubles reaching deals with platforms like Roku or Amazon. In 2021, we are also expected to see yet another huge actor coming into the streaming uh, service stage. Uh, Viacom CBS is going to launch Paramount Plus, uh, which is set to be available on the first half of the next year, 2021. So we are reaching a point here where fragmentation due to core coding uh, can begin to represent an issue for uh, some viewers or some users. In the past, you could pay an X amount of money to your cable provider and get access to all the content that now you can only get if you have three or more active subscriptions. The good in this is that you can I mean, you only pay for what you want to watch the bad thing is that usually not all the content, like movies, TV shows, etc., you may like, comes from the same production companies. So probably, I don't know, this is my personal opinion, but in the future, we are going to see a new way of online streaming operators that could solve this issue. Uh, hint, hint, this could be an opportunity for, for, for a startup. So most certainly, uh, this could make sense for those owning hardware like Apple with the Apple TV, Amazon with the Fire TV, Google with Chromecast, PlayStation, Xbox, Roku. So no strangers here, um, I mean, in, in terms of the companies who own those platforms, I mean, the hardware. Uh, so this is going to be interesting, especially when we have seen in the past how Sony, Microsoft, and Apple with the Apple TV app try to consolidate 
all the subscriptions that you may have in just one place. So maybe they are just a few steps away of uh, creating this new business model to become uh, video streaming operators. We will have to just wait and see. And finally, three top news that you should also know. First, Twitter is bringing account verification back uh, in early 2021 after having shut them out uh, in 2017. Google has announced, uh, announced uh, as a matter of fact, on December the 3rd, uh, the rollout of a core algorithm update. This is the third core update of 2020. The previous one was on May the 4th. Uh, SEOers uh, flooded the, the web with memes about this because usually what you expect is that your views, your traffic is going to be hurt whenever uh, an update uh, comes into place from Google. And finally, Black Friday 2020 set records for online spending. So it grew 22% this year. Uh, Small Business Saturday went up by 30% and Cyber Monday grew by 35%. So let's just hope that this is just a hint that many customers uh, have regained uh, the confidence that things are going to be all right and that many businesses, especially small ones, have figured out how to work around the whole coronavirus situation. And for today's top story, uh, well, as I said, it's Christmas time. So brands are usually eager to go all out during the holidays uh, as it is the preferred season for engaging with the audience. But 2020 have set a few challenges for companies, right? So we have stay-at-home orders that have been spreading around in different countries and different uh, U.S. states. Um we, have, we also have some store closures that, if, for a matter of fact, uh, depending, depending on your region, depending on where you live, um, shopping malls may be closed uh, during this season or at least the first half of, of, of the month of December, which is obviously going to represent a huge um, hit to, to a lot of companies. Then you have the financial situation of, of families, people that may have been struggling with uh, making ends need. So obviously you have to be uh, respectful with that uh, situation. And under, I mean, and you have to understand, you have to show a lot of uh, empathy with, with your customer base, right? So then you also you have a media saturation. So Nowadays, everybody keeps, I mean, they spend online way more time than in the past, especially because of 2020, the use of social networks and the internet as a whole has increased uh, dra dramatically. And now it, it's going to be more difficult for brands to gain the attention of new or maybe not that so engaged audience that is out there. Also, uh, there has been a promotions overuse, uh, especially as the Black Friday. I mean, we don't we don't have or we didn't have uh, Black Friday this year. We have like a Black Month. I mean, it was promotions from October, late October, uh, right until uh, the end of the of November. So promotions probably is not going to be the best way to go, uh, even though. They're uh, uh, a necessary medium to attract some kind of users, especially. I mean, it depends. Also, it depends on your on your audience and your product. 
then you have the loss of interest. Uh, many customers have been uh, shown loss of, uh, of interest on buying new products because a lot of people are focusing more on essential stuff. So all these are just adding up to everything that everybody has to deal with um, because of the coronavirus situation, right? Which is different across the country. So for multinational companies, it's going to, I mean, th this is more difficult, if ever more difficult, right? And even for not, I mean, small and medium-sized businesses that have the chance to have different, I mean, different markets. I mean, if you have an e-commerce, you may sell, uh, if you're here in Europe, you may sell to France, the UK, Germany, but you could be based in any any country whatsoever uh, and understanding what every citizen is going through in each of those countries is going to be key for you to make your marketing strategy more successful. So, however, all this, many brands have nailed this approach uh, to the holiday marketing in 2020 and uh, with difficult times comes uh, the opportunity to understand and adapt to our customers' behaviors and needs. And this is why I wanted to talk about holiday marketing campaigns with my guests. In this episode, I have someone very special with me. She's Dani Goiko, co-founder of Brandcrops and also former CMO of Goiko. She's an all-star marketer. And today we are going to talk about holiday marketing campaigns. So welcome, Dani. How are you doing? Thank you, Alberto. I'm very well. I hope you are as well, given everything that's happening. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for inviting me for this episode because obviously Christmas and holidays is my favorite time of year. Great. No, thank you for uh, making up a space in your busy schedule for, for coming over. So uh, I have a few questions that I want to run through with you uh, to, I mean, to hear your feedback and what do you think about them? So the first one is why does the holiday, what do you think? The holidays make such a great season for brands. Is it just something that is merely commercial? I mean, it's just about uh, being, I mean, uh, just wanting to sell more? Or does it represent a great opportunity to connect with customers? I think that when we talk about holidays, and this isn't a bigger uh, view, not, not only about Christmas, but in every holiday, I think we find it as an excuse, right? An excuse not only for brands, but for people to get together, to give something, because I think we're all like in this day-to-day -day routine and we usually don't have time to spend time or to give something to someone we love or someone we care about. So we use the holidays, since it's a worldwide excuse, to give back or give something to someone or get together or be happier than we are every day. So brands, for brands, it's a great excuse to do something different and to try to connect in a different way with everyone and give them the power to get together or to give something to someone they love. Great, awesome. So yeah, they, I mean, it's just like the like you said, the perfect excuse to do something different, right? Right, especially in a year like this. So, what would you say are the main elements that makes uh, a successful holiday campaign? I think the message it's key, and the message you're trying to to transmit it's really important. The I think empathy it's in the base of every message that we want to transmit or we want to yeah to say in our holiday campaigns because holidays are not only about giving but it's about a specific emotion i mean you want to feel something during holidays so you want someone to feel something 
So brands need to really understand what's the message they're going to use so they can really create that connection, that emotional connection with the people who are listening to them or people who are not really, not still listening to them, but will listen to them. So really message would be one. And then obviously we as users, we tend to go or we use holidays to find better deals on what we want to buy, for example. So obviously promotions and discounts and all of this, it's a really nice technique or a really easy technique to try to fish, you know, to get, yeah. to gain more customers than you usually do. It's also all, also an excuse for people to buy something. For example, well, it's obviously different than Black Friday. It's different. It's all, also, I mean, it's all about promotions, but then you have Christmas. So Christmas, everyone is buying gifts for everyone. So why not? give them something back. I mean, some kind of discount or some kind of promotion so they can feel they can really buy from you and not promote someone else. Great. Awesome. So you talked about uh, the message and how to connect with the audience and you were, I mean, the users or the customers. So how do we measure success in a holiday marketing campaign? Is, is, is it just about the numbers or the more vanity metrics, like, I don't know, like engagement and, and that could also add to the success measurement of, of those campaigns? Yeah, I guess it's really difficult to measure because, yeah, you can definitely measure how many sales did you get from each campaign or each promotion. And you can measure engagement for a specific emotion, for a specific uh, post, for example. But then there's something else that you really can't measure during the holidays. That's brand value or brand positioning. Because this last, it's like a long tail strategy that you're trying or you're building with time. For example, uh, well, I think we're going to talk about this later, but there are some Christmas ads that you usually remember that are you know, going around in your head. And when you think about those brands, maybe you haven't bought them in your life, but you think about those brands and a clear message comes to your mind and a clear set of values come to your mind as well. So I think that's something that's really important that we're doing with brands during the holidays, but it's not really measurable, at least not in the moment that you want to measure them. Yeah, right. So yeah, th that, that would be my, my next uh, question. So do you remember any memorable Christmas campaign that have sticked to your mind throughout the years? Well, I have one in ben from Venezuela, since we're both Venezuelans. Yeah. I have one that I'm sure you also remember. It's the one from Plum Rose. Yeah. I don't totally. know. Yeah. It's yeah. Like yeah. Classic. Totally. Yeah. Christmas ad. I'm, I'm going this, to just show a, a video while we talk about this so that everybody gets to know the, the that campaign. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. This is a completely emotional campaign. It's about this little girl who wants her, her Christmas um, ham and she can't find it. So the this seller, this, I don't know, like butcher, butcher, yep. I don't know what he is. He does everything so he can find the ham for Christmas. And it's so emotional and it's yeah. ticked. I, I think it, it stuck, sorry, to everyone's head, even after the years, even the, the, the sound of the music, you can remember it. I can yeah. remember it so clearly. Yeah. Then in Spain, they have a lot of ads. Well, they have like this important ad that comes out every year and it's for the lottery, for the national lottery. Mm -hmm. And they usually do a very emotional ad as well. And it's, Every time it makes you cry. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that that's kind of the way they measure it. How many people cried during this year? Okay, so we did a great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. 
Yeah, I remember a few of them uh, that that made me cry because I mean they they go after the the emotions. Great. So uh, my next question would be, uh, I mean, you already talked about that, but do you think or do you believe that holiday marketing campaigns should focus a lot on promotions and deals and discounts? No, definitely not, Alberto. I think it's important to maybe have a promotion, have a discount, but I think that the real impact comes from the emotional side. I think we, we tend to connect to brands who really have empathy with their users and with their clients during this really important time of years. I think more, more right now, I mean, we're living in a really difficult time. A lot of people have gone through a really difficult time during the year. So what kind of message will you give at the end of this year as a holiday season to these people? Are you going to offer a promotion or are you going to stand side by side with them to yeah. the next year? So I think that's a really important thing. That's a really thing that we have to really design and try to understand how are we going to give this to the people who are listening to us. Great. And uh, my next question would be, I mean, very related to what you just said. Uh, I mean, after a year like 2020, that has been difficult for many people. How do you think brands should approach their holiday marketing strategy? I mean, we have well, talked a lot about emotions, but I don't know if, necessarily in a year so interesting like 2020 being leaning to the sadness of it should be the the way to go i don't know what but where, where are your thoughts about it yeah, i think the first thing that comes to mind is that, that they should approach this with a lot of respect for the people they're talking to i mean we've gone through a lot and maybe sadness is not the right way to go i mean we we've gone through sadness most of us have gone through sadness on for the for the whole year. So maybe try to think about something different, try to think about hope, try to think about the future in a positive way, because that's that's what we are all looking for right now. We're looking for hope. We are trying to find hope in what's coming. So don't try to make us cry about what we did, but try to make us see what we have accomplished and where we can go. Well, yeah, a very, very, very nice way. I mean, th that would be a very nice way to to end up the, the year, like, I mean, with hope, the, that, that light uh, at the end of the tunnel, right? At the end of the tunnel, yeah. So I don't know if you are familiar with audio branding, visual marketing, send marketing, all these new, like, more uh, things about the senses uh, that a lot of marketers are using. Uh How, how could brands take advantage of them during the holiday season? I I remember, uh, I, I mean, like 10 years ago, back uh, there was a Coca-Cola campaign uh, that they used the same, uh, I don't know if you remember, but the, the, when they come up with the happiness campaign and they have like this same melody that keeps, they keep repeat, repeating it. They also use it on a song during the, the 2010 uh, FIFA World Cup uh, of football. Uh, and they did that with uh, a US uh, band, rock band called Train. And they created, I mean, they, yeah, they created a, a Christmas song with the same melody. So it's kind of, I mean, making or taking more advantage of the same uh, assets. I don't know, what, what, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, because Plum Rose, Plum Rose that, that that campaign, it's a clear example of how a Definitely. melody can stick in your mind and be there forever. And you relate that to Christmas. I mean, for us from Venezuela, that's Christmas for us, right? Definitely, yeah. 
yeah, I think talking to the census is really important because when we tell stories, we usually talk to all of the senses, not only to our hearing or not only to our sight. We smell them, we feel them, we taste them. So as many, if we, if we try to use as many senses as we can, the message is going to be stronger. It's going to stuck even more in the people's mind. So a lot of brands use this that you're calling it, maybe not in the holidays. I'm trying to think about one that uses them in the holidays specifically, more other than the ones we have talked about. And I, I don't really try, I don't, none of them come to mind, but there are a lot of brands who use melodies such as McDonald's. I think that's the most popular of them. Yeah. And then you have stores like Abercrombie that has such a specific smell. And yeah. maybe, for example, uh, with Boy Girl, that's my past experience. We had a very characteristic old, um, smell as well inside the restaurants. So people knew that when it smelled like burgers, it was that a goik was near. So yeah. it, it wasn't like a marketing strategy, but that happened. And we yeah. used it for us, I mean, and as a positive thing. Great. Awesome. So to wrap up the, the interview, which has been super interesting, Uh, I wanted to uh, watch a few campaigns from this year with you so that you can uh, maybe share with me uh, what what do you think about them? I mean, I have, I, I tried to go uh, stay away from the big names, but obviously big names are the ones who usually are more creative during the holidays. So maybe we can start uh, with uh, with the first ca uh, video campaign uh, that comes from from Microsoft. So on this uh, on this video for for this campaign holiday campaign from from Microsoft, we see this uh, dog that uh, keeps trying to I mean get, get the attention of uh, the whole family, but everybody is engaged in different things using Microsoft products, right? So at the end, uh, they, I mean, the dog ends up by living inside of each of, uh, of those um, family members' worlds. Uh, but it's just a dream, right? So what, what are your thoughts about this, uh, Dani? Okay. Well, it's, it's a beautiful ad. I mean, it's been really well done. Uh, but I think it takes like kind, different kind of ideas from this year. But at the end, it's like, Okay, so that's the best you can get. So the best you can use a dream for the dog, and the dog is doing this all by himself. It's kind of weird, right? I'm not, I'm not really sure what was the message that they wanted to try to, yeah, to reinforce in people. Because it seems like, okay, so people are just going through their devices, and the poor dog's over there, so he just has to dream everything. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't get real, right? For the dog, no. at least. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, I, this is an. Uh, we are going to do an analysis from marketers' points of view. So obviously, we are not a representative sample of uh, the general audience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that I, I, I totally agree with you. Like the the idea is super great, but I missed. I mean, the dream become real for the dog, right? Like that is what Christmas is about. Like, okay, let's yeah, definitely make your dreams real at the end of the day, right? Okay, yeah, so I let's think move. It lacked that yeah. emotion. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, it lacks the emotion. Well, it lacked, the, yeah. It it has like the emotion, but it doesn't come into. I mean, into something real. I mean, that is that yeah. is, that is exactly what I what I thought about it. So going so, on, uh, over to the to the next ad. Uh, this is from Lego. 
So on the Lego uh, ad, they show, I mean, this comes from the same campaign that uh, earlier this year they launched uh, that was uh, revealed uh, the world. And one of the things that, I mean, it's all about, about the What a Beautiful World uh, song, uh, but they changed the lyrics a little bit to make it What a Really Cool World, where these uh, kids for, from many ages and girls and boys, I mean, from any nationality or whatever, they all come together at home and usually they uh, outdo the, I mean, they create more amazing things than they, their parents, right? Or maybe their siblings. Yeah. So at the end, what they do is that they mix these whole different worlds that live inside of Lego. They use a lot of, uh, I mean, branding from other uh, franchises like Star Wars and all the stuff uh, that they, they, they work with. So I don't know, what, what are your thoughts about this uh, campaign? Well, I was thinking about what we were saying before that the thing about hope. And I think this is the message that I wanted to hear. I mean, this is the hope that I want the brand to give me. I mean, Lego's amazing with the with the messages, right? They always do an amazing job. And I think that they chose this message and this song and these people for a reason. They want to... Yeah, they want to tell me that everything's going to be all right. That it's not like everything's going to be all right. That we are going to make everything all right. We all together, as a world together, through our imagination, our creativity, and through our family values, are, are going to make everything okay. So I think it's amazing. It's an amazing message for kids and for parents and for, I don't know, everyone who looks at it. So I really think they did a great job with this ad. Right, right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with with you with that. So moving over uh, over to the next uh, campaign, which is from Miller Lite. So, so maybe you have like two ways of doing this, of looking at holiday office party. Maybe you love them and maybe you hate them. So, <laughs> so obviously they focus they they focus on the on the worst kind of work Christmas party, right? Yes. But not everyone feels that way. I don't think everyone feels that way. I mean, you have the people who love that day of the office Christmas party, but they can at least be themselves and have fun with their coworkers. And yeah, definitely there's a part of the world who hates this kind of party or feel obligated to go. And then you can spend more time with your, with your peers or whatever. But it's a really risky message, hmm. I think. A risky, yeah, definitely a risky way to go. And you have to bet, I mean, they all, obviously they bet on the amount of people, I mean, that usually, I mean, that probably are, there are going to be more of their audience that hates office Christmas party than those who love them, right? And this goes like against what probably most of the companies are looking for uh, nowadays, Definitely. which is creating a, 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 a nice environment. A work environment with a more I mean, communication and all that stuff. But yeah, they, they went towards the funny side of it, right? Of 2020. Like, well, if 2020 have something good to, to leave us is that we are not going to have an uh, office Christmas party, right? Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. That's so, cool. I, 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 but I yeah, mean, yeah. it's Miller. I guess they, they made the research. I mean, it's not like I, I did this at Miller. Exactly. I guess they asked people around. So what did they think about Christmas parties? parties. So... Yeah, totally, totally. So moving to the last uh, one that we are going to watch is from John Lewis and Partners from the UK. So uh, John Lewis and Partners, they created an ad 
based, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of what uh, with the movie paid for, like doing this chain of goodness and passing uh, the love towards uh, one another. Uh, so what I mean, uh, and the, uh, the the art direction of the spot, I think it's brilliant. But uh, aside from that, what do you think about the the spot, Danny? I think it's an amazing spot. I, I almost cried with the spot because it it touches and maybe a subject that's not really from the pandemic era. I mean, love is all it's been gone for forever. I mean, it's been on for forever. But maybe this year we had other things that really impacted us as well. Maybe the Black Lives Matter. I mean, there are a lot of things happening around the world that seem to make us feel like we need, a, we need more love. I mean, we need more, more kindness. So they really go to this kind of emotion, which is amazing because it's not only for the pandemic kind of pandemic moment, but it's something that the, the world needs, everyone in the world needs. So I think it's really nice. And, and the way it's done, as you say, it's brilliant, beautiful, and the message is really clear. Right. So yeah, I think that maybe we could agree that Uh, the main, the key thing that um, these campaigns have in common is uh, appealing to the emotions and and do it in a right way. I mean, like mean it. I mean that when you do it, do it like you mean it, right? In order to connect with your with your audience, right? Definitely, definitely. I think that's the most important thing. Early alert. Great, great. Well, that that's it for the interview, Danny. Uh, I want to thank you once again for having some uh, time to to come over. Come on over. Uh, please uh, let us know where people can find you and what kind of cool stuff are you doing right now. Because you, I mean, you you may know busy people, but Danny is one of the busiest people I know. Uh, but in a in a good way because she's always doing awesome things and cool things. And I mean, she created a, like a book club that uh, I was following for the 5 a.m. club. Uh, and, it, and it was, oh, I mean, God. it was so crowded that she had to migrate from, <laughs> from, from WhatsApp groups to, to Telegram because there, there were so many people. I mean, all, I mean, all jokes aside, I truly admire what you do, Danny. And I think I have, I have not said that in private in our conversations, but yeah, maybe, maybe, it, it, maybe in public, oh, in, in in the in in the podcast is great. So where can people find you? Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Alberto, for having me here. Excuse my English. You know, I'm, it's not my first language, and it's my second. It sounds like my fifth, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So and thank you for saying those things about me. Thank you really, because that's doing these different things and 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 having you say things like this. It's what really keeps me going. I mean, this kind of message is what really fills my heart. So thanks. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's my favorite social media channel through Dani Goico. In Spanish, I'm sorry, English. <laughs> I usually talk well, don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will I will leave uh, in the comment section, I mean, in the description of the show, I will leave the links to, to I mean, to both, to Dani and to Brand Crops too. So you can check thanks. out all the nice things that they are doing. So, well, well thank, thank you, you once again, uh, Danny, and have a great day. And uh, Merry Christmas. For you too. Merry Christmas, Alberto. Well, so I hope that you have found interesting the, the interview that I had with Danny. And now let's move into my reflection for this episode. So uh, the last quarter, especially the last quarter of 2020, has been difficult for many of us. 
I have in particular seen how all this situation affects some of my students at the university, uh, the motivation, anxiety, uh, even depressions um, are conditions that have become more uh, familiar uh, for students across the world, and mine are no exception to this. So especially during uh, this time of year when traditionally we expect to spend time with our loved ones, um, being apart is a great challenge. And some ha may have even lost someone uh, close, a father, a mother, a friend, and yet we're expected to keep thriving. The show must go on, right? So indeed, we it will go on. However, what I think personally is that it is important for, for those of us who have cer some certain level of responsibility for others like teachers, board coaches, tutors, managers, etc., to understand how to deal with the frustrations others may suffer due to this whole situation. Brighter days lay ahead of us, and we should always serve uh, as an encouraging voice, especially in the darkest hours. So please try to be kind to those around you and with uh, those who look up to you, right? Christmas is usually a great way and a great moment to reflect on everything and to keep trying to improve ourselves. And sometimes the best way to do so is by helping others to become the best version of themselves. So that would be my reflection for today. On the next episode, we're going to continue to talk about Christmas and marketing. And we will take a look at some numbers about how huge the holiday season in 2020 has been so far for businesses small and large and much more. So thank you for joining us. Uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast on any platform you may use. Rate the show as this will help me to get discovered by new listeners. You may also contact me uh, with, on social media uh, at Alberto Limpira, that is my that is my user handle, or uh, Not Your Marketer, which is at Not Your Marketer on any social media platform. I hope to see you again on the next episode, and please be safe. Lempi out. Thank you.